Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling with Egos. We would originally think that it was episode 137 this evening, but it's not. But we are going to be talking about a little couple different things tonight. One of them is we're going to talk about the draft, the WWE draft. But before we get to the WWE draft, I got to sit here and give a major love shout out to my cousin who was picked for the NFL draft, number 137 overall, second round, fifth, second pick of the second, of the fifth round, excuse me, KJ Henry, now playing for the Washington Commanders. Yes, Washington Commanders. I know he's going to do great. I'm so happy for him and his family. This is big for us. This is big for you. I've been shouting him out for the longest time, saying every time, every time I can to anybody that would listen, including you. Thank you. Support. He is now going by number 55. Look out for him. He's going to be great. Washington, you picked up a great person. Now, gentlemen, it is good to see both of you. You guys ready to get into the draft? Yeah. I guess so. Oh yeah. Thank you for the positivity, B. No, I, I'll give you I'll give I'll give your cousin some love. KJ Henry uh <laughs> had a great career at Clemson. Um and and got himself noticed by scouts and, and, and started climbing up draft boards. I saw quite a few mock drafts before the draft actually happened that had him going to my New Orleans Saints. Um who had a confusing draft, we'll put it that way. Um, but that's par for the course with those people. Uh, but he's gonna he's gonna make some noise. Washington's gonna like that pickup. Um, they needed to bolster their defense. Um, they have a good D line, but their linebackers and second level needed help, and I think they got it with KJ. So, from all of us at wrestling with egos, KJ make some noise in the NFL. Much love to you. Yeah, I'll say, like, as you guys know, I don't know football, but it's always nice to hear about people close or people in general, you know, getting, going further with their stuff and succeeding and all that and putting the work in. It's always really nice to hear. So, well done, I mean, KD, if you ever, if you ever get bored one day, you could go on YouTube and just insert a random year and type in like a 2014 NFL draft, for example, and watch the proceedings. And you'll get a good chuckle out of it because it's basically just a bunch of people milling around a room and a guy in a suit comes out to a podium every so many minutes and announces a pick. To be honest, I've seen so many WWE drafts, like, which are parodies of real drafts. I feel like I've seen a real draft now. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> in a vacuum, it's like, what are we doing here? But it's a huge thing in the States, especially if you're a passionate football fan. You make time to watch the draft and see who your yeah. team is. I know the earlier you get picked as well, the more money you get or something, because I was listening to someone compare it to the WWE one, saying how it should work like that. So from what Isaac said, it sounded like that was a reasonable high one as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this right there, analysis like that, biting commentary like that is why we picked up this free agent named Katie Hinken from the Birmingham podcast scene, because we're talking tonight about why in the blue blazer... WWE does one of these things in the first place, okay? Spoiler alert, I wish they wouldn't do it, okay? A little background knowledge. 
in 2002, because we, we we worked all this out in the pre-show meeting, 2002 was when WWE famously did their brand split, where they earmarked talent exclusive to Raw and SmackDown. And some genius in the in the production room said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to, we, we, instead of just arbitrarily behind closed doors assigning people to a show, we should, damn it, we should do a draft on live television. What the hell? <laughs> I just fake, well, I fake sneezed in my camera break for a second. Sorry, carry on. No, it's, it's fine. I, th- I thought it was my impression that shook the, rattled the windows of your, of your place over there. Could have been. Thought so too. I'm like, okay. I'm going do? to put forth the opinion that I cannot think of a more phenomenal waste of time in the WWE since 2002 than their version of the draft. Because I believe it has accomplished absolutely zero in terms of advancing a storyline, in terms of creating new stars, in terms of, you know, work rate, all the all the reasons we watch the product. Okay, so what's going to follow tonight is we're going to try and unpack and see if these gentlemen, these distinguished gentlemen in cameras two and three can make me get off my soapbox and make me appreciate the fact that WWE does this. I'll just start off by saying, and then I'm going to turn it over to both of you gentlemen. There's no reason for them to do it. And I'll let you respond to that, and then I'll come back with, you know, some witty repartee like I usually do. Are we just talking about the draft, just so I know, or the um the general brand split in you know the brand split in general sorry not the brand split i mean i get why you want to have exclusive talent to a show you want to build an audience you want to build maybe you want to build quote unquote brand loyalty whatever the hell that means you know but i'm going to give you some reasons here in a minute why it's silly that they do it in this form or fashion so isaac Big Mang, I'll start with you. A, do you agree with me? Or B, do you think the draft in the WWE's form has some merit? I mean, I guess that's where that's where I, what I'd like to know. Do tell. I am going to agree and disagree. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Hear me out. Yes. Hear me out, people. Before you jump down my throat. I understand the exclusivity, as you can tell, the, I'm using big words there. A nice Um, word. Of having certain people on certain shows. Um, And I get it. I completely understand. And I get it. When you turn to Raw, you want to see this guy. Let's say, let's just use the Stone Cold Steve Austin is exclusively going to be to Raw. Great. Fine, Danny. Let's use, and let's use another person. We know another person is going to exclusively be to SmackDown. Let's say The Undertaker, which he was. We can all agree upon that, and that's great. And occasionally they jump shit to do something special so it becomes special occasion that they they show up is it stupid as hell yes it is do they have way too much talent 
that they don't know what to do with because they don't have enough time to get in enough storylines on Monday night and on Friday night? Yeah. Um, was it kind of stupid that they give the title to Roman Reigns and him unify the titles and he doesn't basically show up on Monday night? That was dumb as hell. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the problem with I have with that is that you don't sit here and do that. If you're going to be the champion on both on both brands, then you need to show up on both brands, aka Becky Lynch. And when she had when she was the champ, she showed up on Monday Night Raw. And then I'm thinking, you know what? We'll see her like on Raw next week. And she showed up on SmackDown. And to give you another example, Becky wrestled at a pay-per-view, defended the Raw title and the SmackDown title in the same night. That's what I'm talking about when I see a champ. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't be sitting here breaking them up and doing all our other stuff unless if the champ is going to be the champ of both brands, he better be on both shows. I mean, you might as well give a milk carton to Ronald Reigns and have, have, have carved out and say, missing in action because he ain't been there on Raw. And lately, he hasn't been on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can put on Amber look to find him. And guess what? I'm, you, you don't sit, B. You know I'm right. But the bottom line is, if you're the champ, you need to show up. This is what happened with WCW. And I'll give you a perfect example. Hulk Hogan didn't show up for months. That's why the WWE went so well against him. Because your champ showed up every week. And you were doing funny stuff. No one, no one thought Hogan was ever going to show up for months. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can't be the champ and not show up on the company. Sorry. KD, get in there. Um, <laughs> and and I, I, I'm not Isaac. That's a very passionate argument, and I applaud you on it. But you're going a little micro. Yeah, yeah. Another term I'm famous for using, you're going specifically to Roman and, and the fact that he's dual champ and not showing up. I want to go a little more macro. I want to talk about just the company historically and why, what was their rationale behind why they felt this was the way to do it. And I'm going to get into some, some lunacy about, about the proceedings here in a moment after I've heard from both of you. But yeah. Katie, jump in there and, and what's your thoughts on the, the notion of them divvying up talent this way? Yeah, uh, personally, I'm, I like it. I'm cool with it. Um, the show itself, I mean, the actual, when they're doing the draft, it's always, it's never a great show just because they don't put anything into everything else because they know the people that are interested are going to watch and be interested in who's going where and stuff. So they don't really put too much into it. Um but yeah, I like it though, especially when you find out that um, a lot of the actual superstars themselves aren't aware of where they're going, especially the NXT people. So when you see like this year, when you see a cut to them and they're all like getting happy because they're going to the main roster, like that's real as well. And I think that's specifically why I say about it being real, because I think that's why they do it, in my opinion, like just to legitimize wrestling and make it like real sports, you know, doing a draft. And for somebody like myself who never sees drafts, because um, we don't do that over here, so I'm just like, oh, that's just a parody of a real draft, I guess. They're trying to make it legit, but it's WWE, so it's not going to be. But in general, 
Yeah, I think they kind of need to do it. They need a brand split, so they need a draft, really. I'm fine with it. Well, fiddly D. <laughs> I'm too positive for this. Well, here, here's here's the thing, Katie. You talk about trying to legitimize the sport. Okay. I didn't say it worked, remember? I, well, and I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> you you must have read the book before the book discussion tonight because this is where I'm going with this. If you're going to have See, here's here's my whole problem, okay? Growing up the way I've grown up, where I see all the major sports in America. I'm talking football, I'm talking baseball, I'm talking basketball, I'm even talking hockey because I grew up in a hockey town. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. We're a big-time hockey town. All these major sports had have their own version of a draft, where they draft collegiate-level players mm. to come play for their team, their professional team. Okay, that is how a draft is 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 working. In certain cases, you can be a high school player and forego. You used to be able to forego your college eligibility to get drafted. That famously happened with LeBron James. He went to high school here in here in, in Akron, where our show is headquartered, uh, at St. Vincent, St. Mary, shout out, um, and got drafted by the Cavaliers number one overall without st- setting foot on a college campus. Does that you mean can't... he's got no college education in that case? Well, he's gotten an education behind well, no college. It just, that, that just made Space Jam 2 make so much more sense in that case. Oh, my. Um, not a bad film, not gonna lie. But the the rules have changed on that since then. You have to you have to go to school for at least one calendar year, one academic year before you can be drafted in in basketball. Anyway, um, WWE though, when you see the pool of talent that they're draft that they're drafting from, gang, these are already contracted performers. Okay. So when uh, Charlotte Flair gets drafted to SmackDown, shocker, Charlotte Flair is already the intellectual property of WWE. Yeah. So it's not really a, it's not, so in, in that regard, in just the purest sense of the word, this draft is a fallacy. So in kayfabe world, the whole doing it with NXT, that kind of works then, the call-ups. See, I wonder about that too. I wonder if, you can't tell me that the NXT powers that be, who right now would be Sean Michaels, who's kind of running the show down there, and uh, is Matt Bloom still down there? I think so. Okay, uh, Prince Albert, he's I think he's still down mm-hmm. there. And um, I forget who works with the women primarily. It, it used to be Sarah Amato, but I don't know if she's still there or not. You're not going to tell me that they don't get together the morning of the taping and tell... Cora Jade, for example, that she's going to be drafted. No, they don't. I, they straight up don't, apparently. They don't? No, no. Um, oh. Just be like, confirmed as can be confirmed, you know, in that world. Okay, well, I guess in, in that regard, that is a, that is a positive. So and, all those years ago, and I think it was in 2016 when Finn Balor got drafted to Raw, the look of shock and, and happiness on his face was actually genuine. It wasn't a work. Was that um, when he actually appeared, or was he just backstage as well? I, I would have to go back and look. Yeah. Um, 
they were at NXT when they got the call up, and they were right. They, they were tri- full sale. And they were all sitting in chairs in a big group, and yeah, yeah, and got up yeah. and had a broad grin in his face and whatnot. So, in just the the execution of it, like leaving the NXT part out of it, I feel like again, maybe this is me bringing my preconceived notions to the table. Maybe I should check them at the door. But I'm sorry, you already are contracted performers of WWE. Whether you're Seth Rollins or whether you're Roman Reigns or whether you're Solo Sokoa or Matt Riddle or the list goes on and on, you're already there. And your preconceived notions are exactly what you should be listening to anyway, because if they're trying to legitimize it and make it look like other sports, you know, then your opinions on that is exactly important. Which brings me to my other problem. For me, the year I stopped taking the draft seriously, and I bet Isaac knows where I'm about to go with this. The year that I stopped taking this draft, this these proceedings seriously, was the year I can that John Cena yeah. got drafted in the, twice in the same night. He got drafted <laughs> once to SmackDown <laughs> at the beginning of the show. And then he was the final draft pick after, in the third hour back to Raw. Mm-hmm. Are you, I'm sorry, are you kidding me? And if you can do that, why are they not just doing it over and over with like Roman and the other champions? You've, you've, you say that we're going for legitimacy. I'm not talking about you specifically, Katie, yeah, yeah. but the, the defenders out there, all of your WWE draft apologists out there and the people who rhapsodize on high about what a great idea this is. You have just delegitimized your uh proceedings by doing that because i can't i can't draft uh Mm. jack eichel twice in the nhl draft you know i can't draft um cj stroud to two different teams in the nfl draft you know what they should do sorry um you know what they should do it just came to me um like over there do you have like trading windows Yes, but once you're drafted, you can't be traded. That's you can trade draft picks. So, like, yeah. for example, um, a big no, trade, not- a big trade just went down right before the draft and the days leading up to it between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, who now is the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, was traded from the Packers to the Jets for a package that included some maneuvering of draft picks. Okay. Because there's a value assigned to each draft or each draft pick. The higher it is, and you know, the higher the round, the more value the pick has. Okay, well that's so, quite complicated. For WWE, just make it so that they can just draft for like a week or something. Right. That'll be cool. Uh, Do that every now and then. Shake it up still then, and it'll still be kind yeah. of a bit more legitimate. But I don't understand. You know, I, I guess you know how else would you do it? I mean, you would just you would just Get with the booker, you know, get with the writers. Okay, you know, all right, Randy Orton, you've been on SmackDown for a while and you've had great rivalries with Edge and with Eddie Guerrero and with um, JBL, certain name here, JBL and all that. We're going to move you over to Raw for a year and a half because you'll get some fresh matchups over there and just let it happen organically, you know. Who's to, and, and who cares if it's always Randy Orton's not supposed to be here on Raw? He's a SmackDown guy. And, and it's just, 
you already have the performers under contract. However long the contract is, if it's a one-year contract, a three-year contract, whatever. It doesn't matter when they show up, and in my opinion. Mm. You know? And, Isaac, you are correct that in a perfect world, Roman's got both belts right now. Roman should be able to perform on both shows. Yeah, I would argue that, that he's unable to because of his health. And because of his stature with the company, and you, and I know you can come back to that and say, well, then they shouldn't have put the championship on him, and I agree with that. I, I, I mean, I don't think he's a frail old man, I, you know. But. Uh, that's true. I mean, but he's he's seeing how far he can push things, and he's, you know, but but you can't deny the fact that when he shows up, he's money. When he shows up, okay. he's box office, and. I think it's it's easier for me personally. I was going to say this uh, when you was on about it earlier. Or is it could just forgot. Um, for me, it annoys me with him not being when he was a champion of both, never being on board. That was annoying. But as far as just SmackDown alone goes, now that he's just SmackDown again, if it wasn't for like Paul Heyman um, being on the phone talking to him or doing those little bits, if we didn't have like Paul Heyman and to a lesser degree the rest of the bloodline to kind of keep the storylines going and still keep him and mentioning him all the time, you know, he's current still, he's involved in everything without actually being there. Because of that, I'm okay with it more. And it works, like you said, because he's just, it's important when he's in a match. Then. And that underscores the brilliance of Paul Heyman too. Paul mm. Heyman probably realizes what we're talking about. He hears the chatter of people like Isaac, you know, and to a lesser extent, KD and myself and Patrick and RJ and all the other people affiliated with this show who wish Roman was more of a presence. He hears that chatter and he's like, I have to do something to address that. Mm -hmm. So he can hold up the cell phone and clutch it to his chest. Like he clutches the championship saying, well, I just got off the phone with the tribal chief and the tribal chief says, and he can be, you know, he can be ringside at a match. Yeah. Yeah. And he can pull the phone out and he can, you know, yes, my tribal chief. I did not realize so well. that. I will tell. I will tell Solo to use more clotheslines, my tribal chief. You're right. You know, and it's it's shrewd, but it's what we always have known about Paul Heyman. He's the he's a master of driving the story along. Yeah, he's a genius, man. Like he's just most geniuses are also terrible people. <laughs> hey, well, now, wait. Let's not let's <laughs> not sit here and talk about. A terrible people because we all know what Paul Heyman did in ECW. Okay, so we all we already know his background. We all know he's shady as all get out. Yeah. But let, 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 yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, let's, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Paul and keeping him relevant, which, you know, I if I was a guy in the back and we're holding up the tag we're holding up the belts for him to wrestle not as much as he should i understand why they did it i understand why he is at the top of his game i get that i recognize i recognize my tribal chief but recognize this if i'm a guy in the back and you're holding me up and i get hot and i can't see and i can't get a title shot because He's only wrestling, you know, a couple a couple nights, couple months mm -hmm. out of the year. 
because of his health situation, you need to get it off of him. Sorry. I I know the run of the tribal chief is that's going to make everyone really mad, but you can't hold up the titles. Mm -hmm. You can't sit there and do this. If you're, if there's not, they're not showing up. Yes. You be, as you said, their best ability is their availability. Yeah. And no matter no matter what we sit here and do, he needs to be there. Yeah. That's your, that's the reason why WCW. One of the reasons why it went down. Here's another and, issue that I have with the proceedings on the macro level. For every other innovation that WWE has come up with, you know, the the different stipulations of matches like Hell in a Cell and Iron Man and Ladder and stuff like that. Or for, you know, when they, you know, the women's evolution and stuff like that, where they're getting more ring time and, and promo time and stuff like that. I can list you numerous memorable moments that happened as a result of, you know, these innovations. When it comes to the draft, I'm it's the one of the few things that I sit here and struggle with coming up with memorable moments. And and WWE is all about delivering those moments. Other than I mean, I can come up I can think of three right now. I said there's one that jumps right to my mind straight away. The only three that I can think of are Cena coming out that first year with the title. as the champion when yeah, Jericho yeah. was doing his highlight reel. Yeah. And Jericho was like marking out in the ring for me. He's like, oh, you know, that kind Jericho of thing. being Jericho. And then Cena getting drafted twice in the same night to both shows. Dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad memory to that one. The other one that I can remember off the top of my head is when they said that all on-air talent are eligible to be drafted. And Eric Bischoff drafted Paul Heyman. That year he had the neck brace and he had the three-day beard because he couldn't shave. And then Paul Heyman quit. Oh. If you told me, if you said, well, name some more, Brian, I would have to actually go and find on YouTube a playlist of memorable draft moments. You have one that kind of came out a bit with trading um, the announcers, uh, Jim Ross and Jim Ross, I think it was, traded yes. with Cole, was it? And Mike Cole. They used to do Jim Ross so dirty sometimes. Yeah. God knows why he stayed with them for long, as long as he did. They, they, oh, they, did, they always did Jim Ross dirty, but you got to sit here. And one of the things that I remember that I thought was incredibly dumb and stupid was the fact that they, that Raw had both champions on their show. And so SmackDown decided they were going to have a tournament for the SmackDown title. And on the last, and and as JBL won that tournament, Teddy Long comes out and instead of saying, hey, Here's the title. Here you go, champ. He said, no, we just drafted the last pick. The last pick of the draft is Batista. And now, since, you, and since you're not oh, the champion, yeah. now you're the number one contender. Mm. Okay, And that was a mistake, too, because what you've done is you've just devalued that whole tournament and all the work that those guys put in to win a tournament. Going off that just for a second, take not even a tangent because it still fits in. Go ahead. Sorry. Let, me jump, let me jump in real quick and get yeah, yeah. in an aspect of that. What they just did in the mortal words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, what 
I did all that stuff for what? Are you kidding me? What? I mean, that was ridiculous and stupid. I'm sorry, KD. The floor is yours. Go ahead. <laughs> um, fuck, what was I going to say now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have a terrible memory, man. Um, yeah, so they, the new title, you know, the tournament that they're doing for it, they announced how it's going to work. So the new title was supposed to be for Raw, wasn't it? That yes. was the point of it. So yeah. naturally, they've announced uh, what they're doing. This Monday, there will be two triple threat matches. The two winners face at the end of the night and move on to Night of Champions to face the winners of SmackDown doing the same thing, two triple threats, two winners fa- uh, face at the end, and then the Raw person and the SmackDown person will face at Night of Champions for the apparent new Raw world title. Opinions. I'm leaving space for post-production to put that in, insert that gif of like the math variables floating around my head. Just have a tournament. Yeah. Just you a, have with raw people. Yes, a raw exclusive tournament. I mean, or you yeah. better make the winner of this thing exclusive to raw. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So if Matt Riddle winds up winning the whole thing, for example. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that you would actually think of something that made sense. Yeah, well, you're good. Well, and, that, and there you, there, there you go. There's That's... the issue right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think if I were to crystallize all of this down into one thing, we've talked before about you know all of us have espoused our opinions about if we were running a promotion. And I guess that's what this comes down to is we're not the guy with the pencil. You know, we're not the guy with the with the funky ties and the and the the, the drawn on mustache and the all of a sudden jet black slick oh, back hair and everything like that. If we were running a promotion, we would actually be crafting or I'd like to think we would be crafting storylines that make sense. Hey. I mean, Katie, what you're asking me to do is you know, come up with the atomic half-life of tungsten, uh, multiply by the reciprocal of x squared to the fourth power, and then, you know, carry the six and make sure that I get my oil checked before the end of the week because the check engine light's coming on, and then we'll have a champion. It doesn't have to be that complicated, gang. You have a locker room back there full of talent. Put them in brackets. Let them wrestle each other. I don't care if they have a witty promo. I don't care if they have a fun catchphrase. I don't care how well their merchandise is moving. We can put that off to the side for a second. You're going to tell me that you wouldn't love to see LA Knight versus Chad Gable in the opening round of a tournament? You're going to tell me that you wouldn't like to see Matt Riddle versus Solo Sokoa in the opening round of a tournament? No, I wouldn't want to see that because they're SmackDown. I... Again, I'm trying to unhook. Yeah, that's my main issue. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I totally agree. And I think it's kind of, yes, I think it's kind of stupid in that aspect. That that's what they're doing. And they should have made it exclusively too raw. They should have put, they should make, make the matches, matches exclusively too raw. Not just raw and SmackDown. That's just 
incredibly, incredibly stupid on their part, and the way that they're handling this is dumb as hell. Here's another problem. problem. This just came to me, and then I'll let you guys jump back in there again. The way WWE is constructed, they have no offseason. And I've I've thought this long, for a long time. I haven't said it much on the show because the idea, the opportunity never has really come up. But we talk about talent getting injured. We talk about talent getting burned out. We talk about stuff like that. If I were running a promotion, I would build in time off in their contract. I would say, okay, this is a two-year contract, but there's going to be, let's say, seven months on, two months off. You know, that kind of thing. So you can recover and recuperate and see your family and and that sort of thing. And and not everybody would be on the same schedule either. It would be rotating. It would be kind of like spiraling through the roster so that, you know. At least give them the choice, you know. Yes. Yeah. Right. And you'd have some people who would say, no, I'd rather just work continuously. And, 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 okay, fine. We'll make sure you have the nutrition. We'll make sure you have the physical therapy. Because if you're on a hot streak, you know that that's going to go down. Like, if you know So that's another reason why I think a draft is a silly notion on the surface because, you know, that time off could create a pool of people that all of a sudden are available, you know, to go from one show to the other. Or in the case of like Finn Balor, for example, famously, if he wants to go back down NXT and show up and like scare the crap out of somebody, you know. Like he famously did to the Undisputed Era that one time in Gargano and Champa. Oh crap, Finn Balor's back, you know, that kind of thing. And he turned into the prince all of a sudden, which was one mm-hmm. of the best iterations I've ever seen of that man. Um, you know, uh they they don't make the cloth that I'm cut from anymore, you know, that kind of thing. Um but if if you're just continuously cycling through the year where it's 365 days and you're going and going and going and going. The notion of a draft doesn't make any sense because all these other sports that I've mentioned have an offseason. And that's when the draft mm. happens. The NFL offseason is right in the midst of it right now. Oh, okay. Smack dab in the middle of that, here's the NFL draft. <coughs> so, I mean, yeah, I yeah. don't know how good of a job you're doing of convincing me, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you. To be fair, well, you, you know one thing that I've learned from this conversation, though? Is that my a lot of my assumptions about drafts from watching WWE were wildly wrong, so I can't help but agree. Yeah, it's it's not a good draft. Well, I am I am after all the intellectual savior. You are you have saved me. so I cannot help but come from to this from a learned and erudite perspective, uh, as as Isaac is so acutely aware. Um, in fact, he wishes I would not toss around words like learned and erudite so often because he's like, what, do you, what the hell are you talking about? You know, but but that's the analytical side of my brain. I try to, you know, create order out of chaos, you know, as yeah. it were. Yeah. Sorry, and, but jokes on you. It's pronounced learned. Oh, geez. Here we go. Well, to be fair, I, one of my favorite artists is Alanis Morissette, and when she sings, she she does the ed like she pronounces ed in every single word to add a syllable to it. So that's the Alanis Morissette school of of grammar and dictation and stuff like that. You're that's why I put the ed at the end of it. But 
generally if you've got ed it's not a good thing so nah well you know there mm-hmm. there is that mm-hmm. uh, special mm-hmm. thanks to our sponsor enzite um yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, and sure you guys could both say Brian why don't you just sit back and enjoy the ride but I don't like the ride that I'm on I'd rather get off this ride and get on one that actually makes sense I want I, I want my wrestling to make sense I, and yes I'm a fan of Orange Cassidy and that doesn't make any sense I'm a fan of Danhausen and that doesn't make any sense but at the when you when you boil it down to its lowest terms, I want my wrestling to make sense. Oh, to me, it doesn't make sense that this proceedings happen every year, and they, you know, and I'll give you the perfect example. And Isaac, you might remember this. This was before. This was like a couple months before we brought you on. It was the fall of 2020, as I recall. And Patrick and RJ and I, I breathlessly messaged them one night in advance of a show. And it was right before that year they did the draft in the fall because they were getting ready to debut SmackDown exclusively on Fox. And so they were going to do the draft in the fall that year because COVID kind of messed everything up. And, you know, COVID messed a lot of things up, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and I'm like, you're watching guys, oh my god, we have to do a show where we each pick a brand, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a mock draft, and we're gonna analyze the picks, and we're gonna do all this stuff. And they humored me. Is that when they had just to quickly jump in? Is that when they had the robot there? Was that that year? When they had what? The robot. Yes. Yeah. 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 Stupid freaking! I forgot about the robot, Katie. Mm. You're yeah. you're still not convincing me. Um, <laughs> And they had those. They had those feeds of like the the Fox executives in the in the war room when the robot was there, and yeah. then the USA executives in the war room, and the, you know the empty suits. And I think I want this guy. And you know, not a wrestling personality to be found in either room. It was just actors playing executives. For all I know, you kind of had in Pierce going back and forth, can you? That yeah, would make sense, Brian. Come on. I mean, it was. Not- Let's just be honest. It was nice to see the legends come back and some people we didn't expect to show up on Raw and just to have a funny antidote with RVD holding the card mm-hmm. upside down type of thing. And then that acknowledges nice. it the next time as well on, on Raw. Yeah, yeah we, we get it. But, <laughs> you know, sick and tired of, you know. Doing and so we did this show. And it's actually, I think it's one of the better shows we've done because there were graphics, you know, after, because we each got 10 rounds and we did the rules kind of like, I forget who was in charge of Raw and who was in charge of SmackDown, but I drafted against Patrick and RJ collectively. Hmm. And I think the, the person that was in charge of Raw got one more pick each round than the other guy did, which makes sense because Raw is a longer show. So right. you need more talent, that kind of thing. Absolutely. And... There were graphics, and we had like a crawler at the bottom of the screen, and then at the end of the end of the episode, like, okay, here's who Raw's got, you know, and here's who SmackDown's got, and three guesses who three of my picks were. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Bailey, Finn Balor, yep. Yep. And, and, yeah, we all know who they were. Samoa Joe, blessed to be the power game. 
Um, but, and then just, the draft happened, and we were all like, well, that was stupid. You know, we just looked at the way they conducted it and everything like that, and we realized, I specifically realized that I shouldn't get so excited about this because the way WWE does it, it's not anything that requires deep analytical thinking the way you would about baseball, hockey, football, basketball. Even Marvel? Anything? What was that, KD? Oh, the green, even Marvel, anything? Like, you know, you can't put the, a, any level of analytical force into WWE and what they do. So that's why, you know, I mean, did I read some news stories about who got put where? Yeah, just because I want to see, like, what kind of matchups are. But if that's what you're using to determine your new storylines, your new rivalries, I think that's backwards. You know, like, it, sh- it, it really ought to be as simple as, hey, you have the championship and I want it. You know, Bianca Belair, you're you're on SmackDown now. You have the championship. I want it. You know, Rhea Ripley, Mommy, you're on Raw now. You have the championship. I want it. If you go too I am, far that way, one though. of the only matches, by the way, this weekend that I'm interested in seeing is Zelina Vega versus Rhea Ripley. That's a squash match. Yeah, I know that, that but <laughs> don't sleep on Zelina Vega as an in-ring talent. Yeah. Okay. She won't get presented that way. Let me jump in here and be for a second. In no way, shape, or form am I discrediting anything when it comes to Selena Vega. I think she's a wonderful talent. Um, Is she at the level of Rhea Ripley right now? No. No. That's kind of my point is you've got all these diamonds in the rough that you need to be showcasing more. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree that there's so many people that are sitting on the bench that are ready to go that you need to give a shot at and to make them legitimate, you have to put them on. The problem of it is you got the t- you have the tag titles with the Usos. You have Roman Reigns. Not anymore. Kevin Owens and Sammy are the tag champions now. I agree. You wouldn't but know fuck- it from what's been on the camera. That that well, that's finished, true. But- they keep saying we're getting our gold back and all that. Here's my point. Here's the point that I'm making, and that is, you had every belt tied into one, to basically one storyline. Mm-hmm. Correct. Which filled up the entire locker room. That was a waste of time. And you know, if Trinity and Sasha Banks were still in there, they'd be tied in with, with the with um with Roman too because of the family. I don't know. That's ridiculous. I mean, for one storyline that all centers around Roman and everybody in the back is not getting the chance and the opportunity. I'm if I'm sitting here and I'm watching this, I'm like, yo, how can I get hot when you won't let anyone even let a match? As long as enough forever, I think that's really cool because they very rarely get the chance to ever even do something like that. That's the one thing I wanted them to do. During the main I mean, time, it's chal- like, it is challenging our collective attention spans and whatnot. I mean, it's challenging the notion of, um, you know, what is you know what is the the right length to have a belt and yeah, yeah, you know, you look. I I mean, I heard Roman sitting there talking about 
we're giving you filet mignon, you know, and these storylines are go on for a much longer time. Dude, I'm sorry. I we can our attention span is not gonna be able to stand up for another three years as you hold on to the title and you become the greatest champion of all time. And you take six months off if you get hurt or God unfortunately something happens to you, you know. I don't think it will go quite that long, though, personally. I don't think he's going to, they're going to push it to Bruno San Martino, you know. Yes, they are. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, I I'm hope sorry. not. As long as he sticks to SmackDown, though, in all honesty, I, that's a bit easier to deal with. I don't want it to go that long. I, <laughs> me personally, you are holding all, you're holding guys like Karrion Cross back. You're making true and Sheamus and a lot of Cody Rhodes. And all these other guys hold back to give them, make them legitimate champions to make them, let them do something with the belt. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. If I'm sitting here, I'm like, yo, when's my shot? When's my time to shine? You have to give me my time or at least give me a shot to shine. You're not. Just go and And get that brass ring, goddammit. Other than Austin Theory, that you're grooming like hell, but you you're not letting him get you're not letting him get anything. Yo, y'all, for real. Well, I suppose okay. I suppose that in the final analysis, guys, you really haven't done a good enough job of convincing. Oh, I will, <laughs> oh, I will suck on this. I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm mad. I don't I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the fact that you keep the belts on Roman that long that you did not develop anybody else if something happens. People get hurt. People get injured. People need to take time off. Things like that happen. But you got to sit here and tell me you're going to keep the bell on him for another nine, ten months? You know what? You might might Um, be right there by going all the way like for a few more years because thinking about it i'm okay with it as long as i'm more than okay with it now that they have a second world champion i'm I, I like the whole thing i don't think they should have ever put both the titles on him but they got around it so i'm okay with it but whoever it is that wins that championship is important yeah oh because still patrick two. made the point last week on the show that uh may or may not be up by the time this one's up i'm not sure yet that whoever, or he may have made the point with me in a chat or something else, I can't remember. If Cody Rhodes is the one that wins that championship, then all this other stuff about finishing the story has been all for naught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't There's think the, I could rattle off about four or five people who better not be the first people to win that championship. Who, who do you uh, want? Cody better Cody. stay as far away from it as possible. Agree. Right. Seth Rollins better stay as far away from it as possible. <laughs> he's, the, he's the most legitimate one that they can have on Raw. Yeah, exactly. He should win it, in my opinion. That's my pick to win. Brock Lesnar better not sniff the, sniff the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point in having Brock the, getting Brock the belt. I Brock agree with you. Definitely not be the first champion. We can guarantee that because there's going to be the matches on Raw and he ain't wrestling on right. Raw. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I think, needs to be built back up again. And I don't think this tight because. Here, 
if if the, if certain individuals win this championship, it's going to be looked at as a consolation prize because yeah, of yeah. the fact that they had a run at Roman and it couldn't it didn't happen or whatever. Yeah, because no one. I would rather it. see somebody like um. Oh geez, um, like a Matt Riddle, like you said earlier. I would love to see Matt Stop Riddle. I would love to and. and you're talking high yeah, mid card. I know happens. he's on SmackDown, but I would love to see LA Knight get it. Yeah. Because I I can even though I'm not an LA Knight fan, I can appreciate how over he is and how far he's come since he debuted. This would be a good launching point. You know, yeah, if he you, if he entered this tournament and came over to Raw all of a sudden and shocked the world or something like that. You know, and I'm sure there's some yeah. names I'm leaving out, but um, you're looking at it as like a kind of bridge between mid card and like the top yes. card, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would want it to be that, but I get that. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, that's why they've got it because Roman's got both both the other championships, so they needed a, a quote unquote top prize on Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which okay, uh, we... it's a beautiful bout too. I thought. I'm not going to talk about that all. Um, <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned, you have to have someone that's going to legitimize that belt when they get that title. And there's mm-hmm. only a few people that are out there, especially that are on Raw, that can legitimately legitimize that belt. Are you going to give it to Finn Balor because he has been a champion before? Are you going to? And then that elevates, you know, the Judgment Day to a whole nother level. I was going to yeah. say, I wouldn't mind seeing Finn get it because... Mm. You wouldn't mind seeing... No, and, and here's the reason why. Because I agree that Judgment Day is is teetering on the brink of just being a one-person show with Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Dom, Dom is getting the nuclear heat yeah, everywhere, yeah. but you know, Damian Priest's match with Bad Bunny this week is going to tell a lot about what the rest of that faction and how seriously to take them. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, hey, I mean, if they put it on Damian Priest, I wouldn't care. Damian Priest has been ready to take that step for a couple of years now. Mm. Damian Priest is still trying to uh, repair his reputation after that zombie match, let's not forget. Mm-hmm. I think he's done quite well to get past that now because of the Judgment Day, to be fair. Yes. Yeah. Like, definitely. I forgot, like, I when I saw that on um, something recently, something on WrestleTalk, um, I completely forgot that it was um, Damien Priest who was involved in it. Why do you call him Damien Sandow then? Jesus. No, well, yeah, no. That okay, there's been two different people. <laughs> hey, oh, indeed. Um, let me pick your brains for one second. Is Bobby Lashley on SmackDown? Yes. He is. That's one person that could legitimize that belt on Raw. They should have kept him there. Oh, yeah. uh, that's, that's, my, that's my opinion because Bobby Lashley is a beast. You could have had some great matches with him. He, yep. You know, you could have brought back um, the hurt business. The hurt business. I would and, have to have a roster. Judgment Day would have yeah. been fun. You could have had a whole new story, but you know what? I again, I'm not one of the powers of B. I don't make the decisions. That's what I would have wanted to see. But well, with, you know, that, I with, saying- with that being said, we are going to tie a ribbon on it for this week. Um, the final analysis is the WWE draft is still a fallacy. 
Um, Katie and Isaac did not do a very good job of convincing me to come over to their side. Um, I, I, I don't think we were trying, to be honest. I think that was the main <laughs> issue. This was the challenge I laid out to you, gentlemen, was convince me otherwise, and you did not do that. Nah. Can't convince <laughs> what you don't don't think. Shame and scorn. I got you I got the other, the other side of the argument sucks. I'm just saying. Oh boy. Well, so you're, um, so you're just gonna take your ball and go home, basically. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> well, <laughs> he walked off the set, ladies and gentlemen. That was proper Teddy um, Then that was. Yeah. In all seriousness, this is. Walk out. I'm playing. This is wrestling with egos. This is the lean, mean wrestle talking machine, and oh. we are uh, arbiters of sports infotainment uh, for the week. We want to sincerely thank you for consuming our content, however you're doing it on our myriad platforms that we come to you on, whether it's YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Apple, or iHeartRadio. We thank you for coming to see us, however you're doing it. Uh, drop us uh, a note on any of the platforms. Leave us that five-star review and like and subscribe. You can email the show, wrestlingwithegos at gmail.com. Uh, until we meet again, I am Brian, and for uh, KD uh, and I, for Isaac, KD, get in there. Yeah, I just want to quickly um, do a little challenge as well, though, for both of you and for what is it that Patrick's character is called that always wins? Oh, the ego that ate Manhattan, Tatum Brown. That, that one, yeah, him too. I think we should start doing like a, um, like a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a little league thing where every like time there's a show, we like a pay per view, we mark down who we think is going to win and stuff, and then we tally up over a certain amount of time, and then we oh, can kinda see like, kind of like a league kind of thing where yeah. you see like how good you are. Yeah, we that's can see that's something that. to consider. We we might need to do that because at one time we did that, and then we just kind of stopped. You know, we weren't able to like watch them with any degree of regularity, like as they were happening, so it became hard to score. But we we sh- we might be able to get back into that. Yeah. Okay. Let me go with that. So again, we are wrestling with egos and discussions, passionate discussions like this one about the ridiculousness that is the WWE draft are reasons why we so very much love professional wrestling. So thank you very much for joining us. You have a wonderful week and we'll catch you all on the flip side. God save the king. Oh, that's right. Congratulations on your corny. I didn't even know that was happening, but it's a big deal. It's not. Well, it is to some people, not to most of us. All right. Peace out and wabadoo! 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 <laughs>